football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast reacting to a loss in Dallas. It was Monday night, January 3rd. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Here's uh, cheers to hoping that the Denver Nuggets have better luck in 2022 uh, than what came their way in 2021. Obviously, the, uh, the injury front is really the story of this basketball team right now. Uh, that and Jokic. It's really, it's really that, and not much more than that, to be completely honest with you, from you know, uh, any sort of big-picture standpoint. Um, this team is arguably the most uh, injured team in, or, or you know, injuries combined with you know, health and safety stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's a roster. Like it's a, you, could, you could formulate a starting five uh, between Jamal Murray, who's still rehabbing that left knee. We're going to talk about him shortly. Uh, and some of the stuff that we saw from over the weekend uh, that surfaced from his social media accounts. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., we know about his uh, spine, and we're going to talk about him uh, here momentarily. Uh, Monte Morris is in health and safety protocols. Jeff Green's in health and safety protocols. Uh, We know about P.J. Dozier, of course. It's just so unfortunate that left ACL. Uh, Marcus Howard um, on the back end of the roster has, you know, a left knee. Zeke Naji, health and safety protocols. I mean, think about that. You could you could legitimately uh, create a starting five with just the players that I mentioned, and you could win some games for sure. Um, so that's really the story right now, and it's going to be the story um, until it's not. Okay, so we'll circle back to that with some of the stuff in Jamal and um, Jamal and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, but the loss itself was one of the ugliest uh, games I can remember being played by the Denver Nuggets. It was. Unfocused, it was undisciplined, there was a careless nature to their entire existence in Dallas, Texas on Monday night. The story of the game was 25 turnovers. Just brutal. And and, and ESPN is saying 25, I thought there was 26. The box score on ESPN.com says 25. Um, I believe it was 26. And maybe they're just, uh, was it a, let me see if I can pull it up here really quick. Um, yeah, it was it was 26 turnovers. So there must be some sort of team turnover in there that doesn't show up on the player box score. But regardless, um, just way too many. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, number of turnovers on Monday night were the highest that the Nuggets have had in a game in the last five seasons. You are just not going to win games when the other team is, you know, 
uh, scoring 28 points off your turnovers. Think about that. The Mavericks scored 103 points, and over a quarter of them were off the Denver Nuggets turnovers. You're just simply not going to win games. There's nothing else to really uh, break down about it. Um, you go through, you know, guy by guy. I guess you can start with Will Barton, who was very careless with the basketball. Seven turnovers for him alone. So, you know, you look at the starters, and it was like 18 turnovers amongst the starters. Will Barton had seven, Aaron Gordon had three of his own, Jokic had three of his own, so we're up to 13. Um, Compazzo had three of his own, you're up to 16, and then Austin Rivers had a pair. You're up to 18 turnovers from your starters. So, you know, like Bones Highland is going to have, like he had three turnovers, like that's going to happen, you know, bull bull, uh, you know. If he's playing, you know it's going to happen. Um, it's just you know you don't you don't pencil in eighteen turnovers from your starters. It's just your chances of winning a basketball game are legitimately maybe four or five percent. You know I don't have the historical data in front of me, just my basketball acumen. Like you're you, you're just not going to win. Um, that was the overarching uh, takeaway, and just a couple um, you know simple uh, notes uh, here in my notebook. You are uh, continuing to see that chemistry between Aaron Gordon and Jokic continuously develop. We talked about it a lot here in the last couple months uh, on the Mile High Hoops podcast. You saw it again uh, in that first half with just a a terrific cut um, from the left side of the floor for Aaron Gordon. It was the the, um, play where Aaron Gordon posterized uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Just an absolute highlight. Um, from from Aaron Gordon, you love to see it. Aaron uh, had 15 points and uh, seven rebounds. Would like to see uh, those rebound numbers just a little bit, little bit better. Um, but that's that's been an ever uh, that's been a standing request of, of Aaron Gordon. Um, but I love seeing those two connect because this is something that we're, we're going to potentially watch for for years to come. Uh, I thought Gordon played well uh, from the floor offensively. A seven of nine, uh, hit some tough shots. He had the mid-range jumper going a little bit. Um, so yeah, just just something to keep an eye on and, and, and a footnote. You know the 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 developing chemistry that is um, ever evolving between uh, those two. And with Jokic, you know Jokic, he has got to do a better job with picking his battles with the officiating. It's it was something that. Felt like, and if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, you know we talked about it extensively last season. It really seemed like a new focus of Jokic to um, just not communicate with the officials, just play, right? Just play. And this season, the old Jokic that is, you know, a hothead and gets frustrated and bogged down and sometimes can't get out of the muck and mire of going back and forth with the officials. Like that that version of Jokic has been back all too often this season. And I get it, you know, he doesn't get a great whistle, but that's been the case, right? He has got to do a better job. And in that first quarter, he's fighting a two front war. He's he's playing the Mavericks and going to battle with the officials. And it got to a point where like where Austin Rivers had a BS call on him in that uh, first quarter. And and Jokic is fighting Austin Rivers battles for him with the officials. Like he's trying to get words in while Austin's going back and forth 
uh, with the official. So he's just got to do a better job. And then, you know, so I wrote this down in my notes and, and, and I'm like, so this is literally what I wrote down. Yoke needs to do a better job picking his battles with the refs. And um, it could lead to more trouble. And there he was not long after getting teed up from the bench. So And so was Austin Rivers, by the way. Both guys teed up from the bench. You just, you know, look, you, you want to go on the road and win a game that, you know, our friends at Superbook had as, as you know, a near coin flip. The spread was like two and a half, something like that. Um, you just, you, you have to avoid those potholes uh, within a basketball game. And he's far enough in his career where he knows better by now. So I, I, I hope he can get back to the previous season um, and just keeping his head down. You control what you can control, right? It's all the same adages, but it doesn't mean that those same adages uh, are any less true uh, because you hear them in the form of coach speak often. So, um, God, I, you know, I have it in my notes here. Couldn't be a bigger fan of Jalen Brunson. I'm pretty sure the last time that these two teams played, I was like waxing poetic about Jalen Brunson as well. Uh, he didn't play like great offensively, um, but the Villanova product, uh, you know, his like. There are certain skills within the game of basketball that don't get emphasized enough, and Jalen Brunson's ability to get in front of an, a downhill offensive player and take charges, it's a real skill. I think they said he was uh, sixth in the league at taking charges, and he took two of them on Austin Rivers. And he's, it's just something that, you know, I don't even know if kids practice that anymore. I know coming up, I used to, but less and less as the higher you go in levels. Um, Jalen Brunson, he is just really, really good at that. Um, I think they said he's, he's taken like 26 charges on the year. I'm like, wow, you're, you're taking a charge a night. That's just, it's not fun to take a charge, uh, but he does it really, really well. Um, I thought there was a couple moments in the game that kind of, um, not define the game, but they were like moments within the game that, um, they felt big, uh, bull bull, uh, getting, you know, stuffed at the rim where he's like 13 feet above the basket uh what it felt like and just that his arms are so long and you have um it was Marquise Christ uh from uh UW if I'm not mistaken Washington kid um coming just sky and above the rim and blocking that shot and the place goes crazy but the Nuggets retain the possession and bowl bowl you know um uh, it gets the ball back in the uh, a deep left corner. If you're looking at the basket, uh, deep left corner, and he's out of bounds, right? And that happened in one uh, flow of one single possession, and it was just like, ugh. Um, that was one of them. The other one was uh, when Powell uh, plucked Jokic at midcourt and went in for the layup. Again, n- no no single play in a basketball game is you know going to um, you know tilt the court totally one way, typically. Um, but I thought those two moments were, you know, low key big moments for um, an, an energy standpoint uh, for that team and in that building. Uh, I also have in here um, in my notes that uh, the the Nuggets' body language sucked on Monday night. I mean, it was bad, and it starts with Yoke. It starts with Nikola Jokic. You 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 don't have your coach there, right? Uh, Popeye Jones, you know, uh, trying as best as he can uh, to make it happen. That's when your leader needs to step up. And I thought Yoke was, you know, distracted for some of the reasons that we just talked about. And um, you look on uh, paper, he, uh, Jokic went 11 of 18, 16 rebounds, 27 points. Again, uh, he, he played well. He didn't play bad, 
um, but it, it didn't feel like the same impact. And I thought that um, some of that negative body language, it trickles down to the Austin Rivers and the Faku Composos uh, of the world. So um, I just thought collectively in that department, really low, low marks. Um, in that first quarter, uh, this was the tone setter. Two of 10 from three, uh, seven of 14 uh, from the, or excuse me, this was the first half, not the first quarter. Two of 10 from three, um, seven of 14 from the free throw line, 50% guys from the free throw line. And that's because they made their last two. They started 5 of 12 from the stripe. You just can't tell me um, that is a completely focused effort there. It's just not ideal, right? 13 turnovers in the first half. It's just way, way too much. Way too much. Oh, and then on top of it all, uh, Chanchar goes in there and he rolls his ankle on a freaking closeout. Uh, you know, ugh, it's just the, the the hits keep on coming. Um this is, you know, Chanchar's played pretty well uh, lately. Uh, double figures in, in a handful of games, like Houston over the weekend on Saturday and um, against Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, he's, he's getting minutes, has been playing pretty well. Uh, so that was unfortunate. Just like add it to, add it to the pile um, at this point. So, uh, and then by the way, you know, give you some of the numbers from the first half. In the fourth quarter, um, with two minutes left, I stopped taking notes uh, because both benches emptied. Uh, but they didn't make a three. You know, they didn't make a three um, in the first 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. 0 for 5 uh, from three. So, and then, and then I saw, you know, at about that two-minute mark uh, when the Nuggets uh, and Mavs emptied their benches, uh, I saw that tweet from Harrison Wind of, of DNVR, who's joined this podcast a few times, and he'll, he'll be back at a certain point, um, that the Nuggets only made two baskets, two, in the 11 minutes that Jokic was off the floor. That is, um, that's a microcosm of the Denver Nuggets season so far. So, uh, just not a great, not a great outing at all. Got to take care of the basketball. If you don't take care of the basketball, basketball gods aren't going to take care of you. Twenty six turnovers, the most in a Nuggets game in five seasons. All right, um, that loss uh, aside, that sent the Nuggets to eighteen and seventeen, and still, uh, still over five hundred there. Um. I wanted to get to uh, some of Nikola Jokic's comments. He was asked about uh, what he admires about Dirk Nowitzki uh, after the game, and I know it fired up a lot of Nuggets Nation when he said, quote, he's one of the few guys uh, that played for one team for their whole career. I really, really admire him for that. He didn't abandon the team, end quote. And I know that um, I know that's... That would be great for any fan base to hear, but especially here in Denver, the way that it's gone. Um, you know, you, you think of, of Carmelo Anthony and, and the way that that ended, and obviously uh, it's hard for a lot of Nuggets fans to forget, let alone forgive. Um, so to hear your your alpha, your MVP, you know, admire a characteristic about Nir- Dirk Nowitzki um, in, in that way, it's almost it almost felt like um, a secure blanket. You know, that, you know, dad's not going anywhere. Uh, dad loves being here. Dad loves being home. Um, and I, I think you're fair to be fired up about that. Now, is that new? Um, I could argue it's not because he's told you uh, in as many ways um, that he wants to be here uh, forever. Uh, but he told you in a new way that felt different. And I, I think that I think that's cool. Uh, that's great. It's awesome. Um 
if you're able to watch Nikola Jokic in a Nuggets uniform for the next decade, you know, you can use your imagination. Uh, is there another MVP? Is there multiple MVPs? Uh, is there a championship, a finals appearance? Um, it seems like all things are possible if the base of that pyramid is here because truly the base of that pyramid, that's what everything else is predicated on. Right, we talk about some of these guys coming back, Jamal, MPJ. We're going to talk about that in a second. But if the base of the pyramid isn't there, you know, it's it just doesn't work the same. So um, I thought that was very encouraging, and I I think that all Nuggets fans should be encouraged by it. Uh, we saw two things in the last seventy two hours at the time of recording here, and it's Tuesday, January fourth. Uh, we saw Jamal Murray uh, post to his uh, Instagram account. Him throwing the ball off the backboard and windmilling. Whoa. Uh, I was not expecting to see that. Um, we talked about on the most recent episode, um, I spoke about you know lowering our expectations for a Jamal Murray return. Um, I still think that we should have the expectations pretty low for that return. I'm not... I'm not backing off that but I will admit after seeing that video I'm maybe not as bullish on that um you know for us anticipating that not necessarily predicting it cuz we don't know what's going to happen and only Jamal knows like I get I got asked um you know yesterday hey what what what's the status with Jamal Murray's return well if we knew everyone would have it right it would be reported by you know Mike Singer or someone from the team or connected with the team uh, the last we heard this talked about uh, from Mike Malone, it was suppressing a February return. Here we are in January. Um, I'm going to uh, still go on those words from the coach uh, more than the video, but the video was telling uh, his development. It is coming along, and we'll just continue to track it, right? Um, it's like a it's like a it's like a weather storm. Like you track it because it's always it's always changing, and there's you know whether it's setbacks or um, you know new developments in it, you know breakthroughs in the rehab, uh, all those things um, can exist. So we'll just continue to track it. But that was really really good. Like if you're gonna say like was that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it was a great thing, of course. Um, we also saw Michael Porter Jr. Um, out on the floor in Dallas shooting. Uh, after the back surgery. It was really not that long ago, right? So uh, he was being very, very ginger. Um, but you get to a point, and, and if you're a former Hooper or current Hooper or whatever, um, when you get the game taken away from you, uh, you become like almost starving. And just to touch a ball, to shoot a ball, and get that, get those endorphins that you can only get through the game of basketball, going to a small degree... Uh, scratching that itch, if you will, to a small degree. So again, is it is it a referendum on you know his arc of recovery? Definitely not. But given between the two things, is that a good thing that you saw that or not good thing? Of course, it's a really good thing. So um, with uh, like like Jamal, we're going to continue to track it, and we'll see um, we'll see what's next. Like it's it's a it's a waiting game at this point. It really is for the Nuggets um, as a whole. Uh, you know, before this season started, I, I said this. It kind of, in some ways, feels like the year before the year. We're all holding out hope that you know Jamal's going to come back and that one-two combination, you know, for the playoffs. Uh, but we we just don't know yet. So we're just kind of waiting. We're just kind of waiting, and hopefully the Nuggets can tread water uh, well enough that. Um, 
that they're in the mix and have a shot when uh, someone like Jamal uh, does come back. And hopefully some of these other guys that we talked about, too, are, are back sooner than later. Uh, the Nuggets, at the time of recording, are still smack dab right in that fifth seed at 18-17 uh, and 17 record with the Mavs right on their heels and uh, just a, a few games behind the Memphis Grizzlies who are coming off in uh, a really awesome win against the Nets. Grizzlies are good, guys. Uh, 24 and 14, 10 games above 500. They've won five consecutive games. Uh, winning a game like that in Brooklyn, Ja Morant um, putting his name front and center uh, for you know all types of conversations on you know the national uh, shows, and he had 36 points, and you know he was just tremendous. Uh, so if you haven't seen that Grizzlies team, check them out. They're good. They're tough. And they have great young talent, and they're going to be formidable for years to come, especially if John Morant's arc keeps on uh, heading with the same trajectory. So for that team to be, you know, 11-6 and six away from Memphis, think about that. You're, 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 you're nearly 2-1 to one, a win-loss ratio away from home. So really good. Uh, like I said, if you, if you haven't got a chance to watch that Memphis team, watch them. They're very, very intriguing. Uh, in terms of what is next for the Denver Nuggets, uh, they have the Utah Jazz right around the corner from now. As I mentioned, I'm recording on Tuesday, January 4th. That game against Utah is Wednesday the 5th, and that puppy is on ESPN. That is eight, that's, the, that's the late game, all right? So you got to stay up a little bit. Uh, but that is uh, the, the second half of a doubleheader uh, on ESPN. So uh, everyone will get to watch. And by the way, and I think I mentioned this, but it does sound like Sounds like no guarantees that things are moving in the right direction uh, with reconciling the, the the whole Comcast saga um, that uh, you know is really unforgivable unfor- for both sides. Uh, the fact that an MVP se- MVP season happened in Denver, Colorado, and more than half the Metro couldn't watch it is such a shame, and you'll never be able to put that toothpaste back in that tube. But hopefully, um, Jokic can do it again. Um, at a certain point over the next decade, and everyone gets to enjoy it the way that uh, the way that they should. So um, that's good news on that front uh, that we've been dealing with for three seasons now. So hopefully, it's coming to an end, and it comes to an end this season. And it sounds like it it could very well be headed uh, in that direction. All right, guys, uh, thank you uh, for being with me here today. Uh, as I say, oftentimes at the end of these podcasts, please share it with your friends, um, like, subscribe. Uh, it always means a great deal to me. Uh, and um, and our title sponsor, Superbook. Can't appreciate those guys uh, enough. All right, we'll leave it there for now, and you already know that whatever happens on Wednesday night against the Utah Jazz on national television, we'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Football is back, and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.